podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to a special edition of the Rock Chalk Talk podcast. This segment here that you're about to hear was originally going to be part of part one of the season finale, but due to the length of it, by the time we got everybody involved um, and got everything recorded, it was going to make that episode extremely long. So we decided to go ahead and break this off into its own episode of the podcast uh, that we're going to play here in between parts one and two of the season finale. This is a buy or sell segment where Mike, myself, Fetch, and Grad are all buying or selling different propositions on the KU football team for the upcoming season. So without further ado, I'm going to go ahead and get you over to that segment. Enjoy. And we're back. During the break, we actually were able to uh, get a whole bunch of people together here. I've still got Mike here with me. Um, We are now joined by Steve Fetch. And then making his first appearance here on the podcast, we have Grad with us as well from the site, uh, KU Grad 08. We are, we are actually going to start now with this uh, a buy-sell segment. You know, you hear about these all the time on a bunch of other shows. Um, the concept is pretty simple. We're going to have a, a proposition. Uh, it's either going to be a player's performance or, you know, something that the team is going to do. And everybody is going to get their, their two cents in, whether they buy it, meaning that they think it's going to happen, or they want to go ahead and, and take that social performance or they're going to sell it. So now that I've kind of beat the explanation to death, let's go ahead and jump right in. Um, Mike, I know that you supplied a lot of these ideas, but so I'm going to go ahead and start with you. First of all, buy or sell that Dorrance Armstrong goes first or second round in the NFL draft. And that's whether he declares this year or he waits until next year. What are your thoughts? I think, well, I know that I came up with most of these, so I guess I got to put that disclaimer out there. But, uh, you know, I got to thinking about that when I was watching the 2017 NFL draft and all these deals going in the first round. And I was just thinking to myself, man, how cool would it be for Dorrance Armstrong to go in the first round? So I, uh, you know, I know I'm a homer. I'm going to buy Dorrance Armstrong as a first or second round NFLer just because it's such a premium position. They're looking for guys with his size and his speed. Uh, I just, I, I think he's got a real shot at it. I don't, I don't know, I don't know if it's a good statistical shot, but I think it's definitely a real shot, especially if he goes after his senior year. I don't know that. Uh, I'm not convinced that we're going to be good enough this year for him to impress anybody on film or not, but. Uh, Maybe he will be individually good enough. I don't know. But uh, I think I'm going to go ahead and buy that one. Yeah, I think I'm going to have to go ahead and buy it as well. Of course, I, I don't know that I necessarily have a choice. since I did write that, you know, Future of Kansas Football um, article a little while back. And, and one of the things that I had said was that Kansas will have a first-round draft pick. Um, Dorns Armstrong was the person that I was thinking of when I wrote that prediction. Um, you know, now whether I – whether I, you know, this, this would be the perfect opportunity for me to walk that back, but I really do feel like he is the perfect kind of player that uh, would allow 
Kansas to have a first-round draft pick. And the main reason being is, especially when we see teams, you know, reach for a guy in the first round, it's a pass rusher. It's somebody who can disrupt, disrupt the offensive line, disrupt the quarterback in the backfield. And Dorrance Armstrong has that, that sense in his game. You know, he's able to do that at the college level. And I think when, we, when he gets to the combine, when he gets and does his measurables, that um, that's all going to project really well for him. I could see him, um, even if going in, he's not one of the top one or two guys going into the combine. He could be like a, a Dontari Poe or somebody who could just light it up at the combine, um, impress a lot of people, and would sneak into the middle of the first round there. So, yeah, I'm definitely going to buy that Dorrance Armstrong will go in the first round. I'll even um, kind of up the ante there and say that it is in the first round. Fetch, what are your what are your thoughts on that? Bye. I want to say sell, uh, just because it's Kansas football, and I mean nothing good is going to happen for Kansas football. <laughs> um, and I mean, I guess the the NFL draft is a little bit different, where guys like you know, I mean, Khalil Mack got drafted super early from Buffalo, but like, I don't know, it just feels like someone's going to be like, oh, he's from Kansas, maybe we can get him later, and then he'll fall. But I don't know, we'll see. Fair enough. What about you, Greg? Uh, that's a tough one. I, I, I think I'll sell it. I mean, I, I think he would go third. Um, I'll sell just from the fact that I, I think he's a bit undersized to play the 4-3 defensive end spot in the NFL, um, which is kind of where we're using him now. Um, you know, it, it, he's, he's great in college. His quickness is a huge asset. I mean, he can beat a lot of tackles he's lined up against. But with that size, um, you know, ideally in the NFL, you'd, he'd probably be moved to, you know, linebacker. Um, where he would still probably be a pass rusher, but, you know, kind of guys that are a little smaller tend to kind of, you know, not put their hand down and be moved around a little bit more. And just because we don't use him um, really that way right now as much, um, I could see him slipping a little bit. Um, But I think, you know, I mean, Big 12 play is Big 12 play. And if he does take a step forward from where he was last year, which is definitely possible, um, I could see it happening. But right now – you know, just because of the size, um, and and I do agree, especially there is a stigma against skate football. I, I'd say probably more like third round. In the 2017 NFL draft, there were five defensive ends taken in the first round. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm not. I wouldn't. I'm not surprised to hear that number. Um, to be honest, I think that that's that's actually probably in the low or or about average. Um, I've seen. I know I've seen some years where, well, defensive linemen at least, you see about you know 10 to 15 of them because it is such an important thing to be able to disrupt. And then that's usually years where we have lots of good pass rushers. So, all right, let's look at the next one. Uh, Buy or sell Peyton Bender having 2,500 yards passing or more. Well, here is the stat I think that we need to consider. Um, Kansas quarterbacks last year combined, so Kozar, Stanley, Willis combined, passed for over 2,800 yards. 2845 to be exact, the three of them combined. So can Peyton Bender be as good as the three of them combined? I'm going to say yes, hopefully better. Hopefully he goes for three or even 3,500, so I'm going to buy. Yeah, I'm going way over. So, I mean, I, I guess the, the argument against, I mean, even if he, like, has one arm, I think he could throw for that many yards. But, like, <laughs> The argument against, I guess, would be multiple offensive linemen get hurt. Uh, also, I'm not terribly sure how good of a coach Zach Answer is, given what the line has done the last few years. But I guess you need players, too. But 
Uh, I mean, assuming the line stays healthy, you know, Bender's a guy who was rated pretty high coming out of high school. Um, you know, Mike Leach liked him enough to, to sign him, and he knows a little bit about the passing game. Um, they actually have an offensive coordinator now, uh, and not just that, but like a good offensive coordinator. Uh, their receivers are, you know, maybe the the best part of the team other than maybe like the defensive line. So yeah, all that together, um, it sounds like they're actually going to run like a true air raid, despite the fact that they have uh, multiple running backs who are probably going to be pretty good as well. So, uh, and I mean, you know, the other thing too is if they're behind by a lot, they're going to need to throw it to catch up. And hopefully they're behind by, you know, 10 points, 14 points where like throwing makes sense versus being behind by 40 points and you just want to run off the clock. So I'm saying way over. I mean, I think he could push like 4,000. Greg? Yeah, I mean, really, I mean, I think the only, I mean, if the question was, if, if if KU has a starting quarterback, you know, play the majority of the games, will they go over 2,500? I mean, that that's an easy buy. I mean, the only threat here would be is if he didn't win the job. I mean, I'm, yeah, that's I'm fair. pretty yeah, I'm pretty confident that he he's probably going to win the job over Stanley, but you know, who knows? I mean, maybe there's a situation where he's the guy and and KU is like, you know, 1 in 1 in 6 and 1 in 7 and you know, we decide that since we have another guy who, you know, has some experience but he's only a sophomore, you know, maybe, you know, we, we try out Car Stanley for like the last, you know, four or five games. If the season's just, you know, you know, like I said, we're one in seven and we, we get, we let him get out there and start the last couple of games, do what we have in him. He's a year younger, um, you know, showed a little bit of promise as a freshman at times. He was our quarterback when we beat Texas. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I'm going to buy it because I do think that Bender is going to win the job and be the starting quarterback for the majority of the year. Um, I think the only threat would be is if, um, you know, for some reason uh, he, he doesn't play the whole season, whether that's, you know, injury or because there's a quarterback controversy or, or if nothing else, we just, we bench him and let someone else play. Um, you know, maybe, I mean, maybe even someone like Tyreek Starks gets a little bit of action, you know, over the last three or four games um, just because, you know, okay, he's like one and eight and, the coaches just kind of decide to see what they have. Although that would surprise me given that, uh, you know, Beatty and this coaching staff played Montel Cozart so long and <laughs> in similar situations. So, I mean, that, that doesn't really seem to be their MO. They, they seem to truly believe in, in trotting the best guy out there, even if, you know, conventional wisdom would suggest maybe to see what you have in the younger options. I, um, I, I will buy it though, because I, I think he's going to win the job and I think KU will, you know, pick up enough wins where, you know, maybe there's there's a reason to play in the whole year. Yeah, I think that 2,500 is kind of setting the bar a little bit low. Um, I know we don't particularly have a, a good history in the passing game, but, you know, 2,500 on the year is a, is a competent middle-of-the-road college passing game. Um, and in order for our team to really do anything this year, that is going to have to be improved. We're going to have to at least be middle of the road. So 2,500, I think, is a pretty low number. Um, yeah, it, it should probably be 3,000, but, you know, 25 is was where we just kind of eyeballed it. And, and again, that's, you know, barring injury. Uh, that's barring Carter Stanley beating him out in fall camp. Like, 
I mean, there's a couple other things to consider there too. So, yeah, yeah, I would. I mean, if I could, if I could qualify and say that he's the starter going into the year, then he definitely gets that. But I think even if you know, even taking or not taking that into account, I think it's a, a pretty safe bet. So I am willing to buy that as well. All right, let's jump on to the next one. KU will have two or more 1,000-yard receivers. Mike, we'll go ahead and start with you again. Buy or sell KU with two. Thousand yard receivers, two or more. Yep. Uh, yeah. So Steven Sims last year had 850 some, I think, and Quiv Gonzalez had over 700. So they weren't too far away last year. Uh, and if again, <laughs> it's all ifs with this Kansas football team, right? Like nobody knows what to expect in 2017. <laughs> right. But you know, if uh, if Peyton Bender goes for over 3,000, I. I think that two-thirds of those are going to go to those two guys, Stephen Sims and Quiz Gonzalez. And we've also got Dale and Charlotte running around, too, who could, you know, burst on the scene and get 750-plus yards, I guess. So KU's going to have three excellent receiving targets, which I guess is kind of where you have to decide if you're going to buy or sell two or more of these guys. I'm going to go ahead and buy. Uh, I think two of those three guys are going to have over 1,000 yards. Uh, you know, again, it's all dependent on, you know, does the offensive line improve? Does the offense, you know, under Doug Meacham improve? You know, do, do, can Beatty keep his fingers off the offense and actually let the coaches coach? Uh, but uh, I think they definitely have the talent. I think they have the scheme. And uh, I, I look for that to happen this year. Yeah, I'm going to sell that one. And I, I don't think it's because the passing game is going to have a problem. I don't think it's because those guys aren't capable of doing it, but I do think that the way that this team is going to have success in the passing game is by spreading the ball around. Um, like you said, we do have, you know, at least three top flight targets. Um, honestly, I would say we probably have another couple that are coming in either as freshmen or, you know, guys that were solid for us last year and just didn't get a lot of yards um, because we couldn't get the ball to them. Um, I, I, I think that the ball's going to be spread out a lot more than you're probably thinking. Um, yeah, that's kind of one of the hallmarks of the air raid is that you're not targeting one or two people um, to try to rack up all your yards. You're trying to find those yards wherever you can find them, which means spreading the ball around, getting a lot of receivers involved, and then taking deep shots when you can find them. Um, and so I, I don't, you know, I don't know that we're necessarily going to have huge chunks of yards from two or three guys consistently enough for anyone to get to a thousand. I would not be surprised though, to see us having three receivers with 800 yards and then another two receivers that both have five or 600 yards. So, I mean, I think we'll get good passing out of them. I just don't think we're going to have two of them that will get to that thousand yard mark. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'll sell it. I mean, I think that, uh, I think that Sims definitely will. Um, I think that Gonzalez though, will um, his production will be hurt. You know, we got the uh, with some, you know, the added guys, uh, the Alabama transfer, whose name is escaping me at the moment. Um, and uh, you know, there, there's a couple other, you know, fairly intriguing young guys on there as well. I mean, it's like Fresh said, it's a deep position. Um, there's definitely some options there. And and if we are really, you know, kind of going with the true air raid, um, I mean, there'll, there'll definitely be a lot of balls in play and, and chances for yards. But you know, ideally, we'd be spreading it around and and, you know, targeting some other guys, um, especially to kind of open up that home run threat. You know, we're not just throwing to the same guy every time. So, um, yeah, I'll sell it. I, I think it wouldn't surprise me if we have three guys that are over, you know, 800 or even 900 or, you know, maybe even four. Um, but I think that there's, 
you know, enough options at the position now that that'll kind of, you know, dilute it and we won't quite have to. Fred? Yep. I'm I'm selling too. Um I just think they're gonna, you know, be spreading it out too much. Um Sims will probably, you know, get, you know, twelve hundred or whatever. Uh Charlotte, is that how you pronounce the the Alabama oh, transfer's name? Right. Yeah. So, I mean, I think he's probably, although, you know, we, we said this before with like every, uh, transfer we get, whether it's, you know, McKay or, or, you know, Gonzalez or whoever, you know, but I, I mean, I think coming from, coming from Alabama is a, a little bit different. So, I mean, I think he's probably going to be pretty good. Um, but you know, Gonzalez, uh, has kind of struggled catching the ball. So he's, I don't know that he's going to get a thousand unless he just, you know, goes deep and, and catches, you know, like five of those or something like that, then maybe he can get there. But I, I don't know. I just think, you know, like you guys said, they're probably going to spread it around a little bit too much for, for more than one guy to get to a thousand. All right, let's jump over to the defense. Uh, this one specifically about Mike Lee. Uh, you know, we've, we've talked in the past uh, that Mike Lee is going to be the only guy returning from our back seven. Uh, that was a big point of discussion. Uh, on the website, and, you know, Mike and I were kind of talking about that prior to the show. Uh, but Mike Lee, as the only returning guy, uh, let's let's buy or sell that he knocks three or more opponents out of the game, at least temporarily. So even if a guy, you know, takes a big hit and then goes over to the sideline for a play or two and then comes back in, but it'll be noticeable that he knocks guys out. With, with how savage he played last year um, as a true freshman, um, what are your thoughts on that, Mike? Do you, do you buy or sell that? Well, I, you know what? I the more I think about this one, the more I think that this is one of the easier buys, because let's see, he knocked out Pat Mahomes last year. He not, or was that somebody else that knocked out Pat Mahomes? I thought that was someone. I thought that was. Uh, I don't remember who who that was, but I thought it was a lineman. Maybe a some receiver for Pat in that Pet game. I feel like he knocked somebody out in that Pet game. I know he knocked out that K State running back, whoever that kid was. Uh, and uh, there had to have been another one somewhere, right? Like, I, I think he gets three easy. Um, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll preface this by saying I don't wish injury upon anyone, but yeah, I'll buy it. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I think there will be um, there'll be enough hits where I mean, he probably had at least three last year, where you know we saw him light some guy up, and the guy was a little you know slow and wobbly to to come off the field. So if we're just talking a hit where you know we can see that it noticeably affected the guy and they maybe need a little attention and have to come off for at least several plays and maybe even go through the protocol um, three times over the season. Yeah, I'll buy that. Fetch? I am going to uh, tentatively buy it, although I, I do wonder if uh, teams are going to try and stay away from him as much as possible, and that's going to kind of hurt his chances. You know, last year, I mean, well, obviously he was – you know, an unknown right away. And, and I mean, he should have been in freaking high school. So, uh, and, and I mean, you know, he had fish Smithson right next to him, who was a, a really good player in his own right. But this year, I guess I don't even know who's going to be opposite of him, but, but probably not going to be as good as fish was. Um, and so they're probably going to stay away from, um, stay away from Mike Lee, uh, as much as possible. So maybe that's, you know, something that would uh, keep him from getting to it. But I think he's still going to have his fair share of, of pretty good hits. Yeah, I don't know. I, and I think it's very well possible that he might actually get them. And, 
and we just won't know about it because, you know, a lot of times they don't necessarily um, report on that. And, uh, you know, he's going to be going up against a lot of receivers who may potentially be coming out of the game anyway. Um, the only way we're going to know that he knocks the guy out is if he, you know, levels the quarterback, levels the running back, who plays every single down, or if it's, you know, the starting wide receiver and it's the first play that he's come in on the series or something like that, and he just knocks him, knocks him out completely. Or, 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 you know, knocks the guy cold, then obviously he's, he's knocked the guy out of the game. Um, in terms of, you know, I don't know in terms of classifying that how well we can, we can attribute <laughs> someone coming out of the game to him or it was just time for them to come out because they're out. Um, but, you know, if we're talking about knocking out a player that clearly was going to stay in the game, um, I, I think he'll probably get a couple. I think three is kind of asking too much, especially since he is going to be the only, the only guy returning from that secondary. Um, I do have a feeling that they're going to kind of be planning for him. They're going to spy him a lot more. He's going to be double teamed. Uh, they're going to try to go away from him. Uh, I just don't know he's going to get as many opportunities to make the huge plays because we're going to have so many untested guys elsewhere in the secondary. Um, and if he does try to sneak up on the line and get into the backfield, it's going to be a little tougher for him, I think, this year. So I will go ahead and sell that one as well, um, just because I think he's kind of gotten a reputation at this point, even after just that one year. I mean, obviously, there's a huge performance in that Texas game. You know, once again, KUB Texas in football last year. Um, is going to kind of make a name for him, and people are going to be paying attention more. So, All right, let's jump on to the next one. Uh, we're actually going to jump back to the offense uh, real quick. Uh, last year, the team did really well on, on fourth down conversions, at least a lot better than I thought they were going to be. So let's uh, buy or sell this year that the offense goes 30% plus on fourth down conversions for this season. That the offense converts 20, 30%. Last year they were 5 of 20. Uh, first of all, hopefully we see a lot more fourth down conversion attempts. I'm sure that uh, Mr. Fetch has some comments on that. Uh, but uh, if the offense is better this year, which I expect it to be, uh, they need it to be. If they want to, you know, win a couple of conference games for the first time in a while, then uh, yeah, they're going to have a better than 30% conversion rate. So, uh, you know, again, I don't feel like there's much to discuss here. I feel like this is a pretty easy buy if if the offense is as good as we think it can be. Not necessarily that we hope it can be, but that we think it can be. Yeah, I think I'm going to have to sell this one, and I think my reasoning behind that is, well, I'm waffling a little bit, but. The, the reason I'm thinking this is that Kansas is not going to be in a position this year, I think, where, you know, they're going to have a lot of fourth and half a yard when they're up by a bunch and they're just trying to salt the game away. I think still most of their fourth down attempts are going to be when they're behind and there's probably three to five yards for them to catch or to get to, to make it. Um, I, I'm hoping I'm wrong on this, but I, but I do think we're not at the point yet where the teams that have the high conversion rates are typically teams that are ahead that are trying to fall away a game, um, you know, or they have a really high-powered offense, and so if it's fourth and three, it's no big deal that they go for it. Of course, they're going to get three yards. Um, we're just not going to be at that point. So when we go for it on fourth, it's going to be out of desperation, I think, as opposed to being a good part of the game plan. Um, and as much as I think we should be going for it more on a fourth and one or something like that, um, when we have a good chance to convert, I, I just don't see it happening. Um, I still see us being extremely conservative, um, you know, unless Meacham is just completely way out of left field on that. So um, I'm going to go ahead and, and, and sell that one. 
Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna sell it too just for that exact reason. You know, they'll they'll go for it on, you know, fourth and ten from the thirty or whatever they do or, or you know, when the game is in doubt they'll go for it on fourth and twenty or something like that. But when it's fourth and one from the opponent's forty five, they'll punt it and then I'll have, you know, a stroke three games into the season uh and have to sue David Beatty for it. But uh I, I'm definitely gonna go under on that one. Greg? Yeah, I, I would sell that as well. Um, you have to factor in, you know, kind of what Fetch alluded to, the uh, overly comical conservatism that our head coach displays on, you know, fourth downs. I mean, there were times last year where we would get the ball with the opponents like, you know, you know 45, 43-yard line and be down by 10 or 14 points in the fourth quarter and we still punt. I mean, it's just, it literally just defied all football logic. That um, for like another five-yard field goal. When we needed, yeah, yeah, two touchdowns. Right. Um, yeah, a- another factor is you know hopefully fingers crossed the the kicking game finally is somewhat respectable. Um, so you know maybe there be situations where if we do actually have a, a somewhat decent kicker, you know, in they're in the you know they're in field goal range and it's a fourth and four, fourth and five, but you know we're still fairly in the game and. We're confident that our kicker, you know, has maybe at least a 70% chance of making the kick, which I know is radical thinking for Kansas football. Um, You know, if we do finally solidify the kicker position and we actually have someone who can fairly consistently make kicks, I mean, if you pair that with Beatty already being conservative and looking to make conservative call anyways, I I think that a lot of the more manageable fourth downs, you'll, you'll probably see a field goal attempt. It does seem like, uh, um, well, I mean, I guess we say this every year, but it does seem like this kicker they have coming in is the real deal. And so maybe they will, you know, try some kicks. And and maybe, well, you know, I I don't think it's going to be the right call often enough when they do it. Um, But, you know, if he is good enough to where it's like a, you know, semi-free three points, it's at least going to be, you know, either correct often enough or not as brutal to where them kicking field goals isn't going to, you know, drive people crazy. So, yeah, they'll they'll probably, you know, kick a, more, a few more field goals than they did last year as well. Yeah, I don't even remember, but to the point about, uh, you know, we, we say it every year. So I, I believe it was uh, Matthew Wyman's junior year where we had a guy that came in, he was a highly – or he was a highly thought of kicker. He was, you know, I think he was like second in the state or something like that. And then we, he never saw the field the entire year. Uh, it seems like we're just snake bitten when it comes to play to uh, place kickers. So hopefully that changes. <laughs> hopefully we have someone that we can rely on again. I think the last time we had a good one was back when Mangino was still here. So, um, although you can probably say that about a lot of different positions on the field, but the last time we really had a good guy in that spot was when Mangino was coaching. So, Let's move on. Uh, I think this is our last one for the night. Uh, we're going to go with the KU defense. The number of sacks, basically, buy or sell that the KU defense will have more sacks this year than they had last year. Uh, we did a little bit of research before the show, and Mike, you had said that they had 28 last year. Uh, so, so really that comes down to will they have more than 28 sacks this year on defense? So 28 last year, it's just under – three per game, two and a half per game or so. Uh, and Dorrance Armstrong had 10 of those, just FYI to all the listeners out there. But, uh, you know, all five of them. But, 
Uh, gosh, I don't know because there's so much. There's going to be so much focus put on stopping the D line specifically, Armstrong and, and tackle Daniel Wise, and we have no idea what we're going to get out of the secondary out of linebackers. Uh, Joe Neen is, you know, he's he's talented, he's good, but he's he's gotten hurt. I think both of the last two years. Kyron Johnson is a linebacker, speedy, talented, complete unknown. Uh, and I'm not sure who's going to win that third linebacker spot. I guess most of the time we run a nickel anyway, but, uh, which is two linebackers. But, it, yeah, total from the linebackers. Mike Lee's the only returning defensive back. I think, unfortunately, I'm going to have to go with the under on this one. Yeah, I I really I really uh, don't want to agree with you on that, but you know, with with you, Mike. But I am going to have to agree. I will have to sell this one. I don't believe that there is going to be enough solid production from the secondary uh, to kind of make up for what we lost. I mean, I, I don't remember his exact numbers, but I I know that Fish Smithson got at least three or four sacks on his own. Um, you know, and the pressure that he gave on the on, on the backfield, or the pressure that he gave while he was back um, and covering receivers, led to a lot of additional sacks from our defensive line. Um, so I just I just don't know that our secondary is going to be strong enough for the defensive line to get there, um, and I don't know that our linebackers and secondary are going to be able to contribute nearly as much as they did last year. So while while I think that Dorrance Armstrong could potentially have 15 sacks this year on his own. I'm not sure that the rest of the, the defense could get the 13 that we need to get back to the level that we were. So I, I will sell that one as well. Yeah, I, I'll sell it. I, I just think because, you know, guys like Armstrong and Weiss are, 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 are they're known commodities at this point. Um, you know, the KU defensive line really isn't going to surprise anyone. And, and because of that, you know, opponents can, can massively game plan against us. Um, so you, what you're probably going to see is, you know, a lot of a lot of opponents running the ball at us, which, you know, there was a couple games last year where the run defense looked okay. Um, against TCU, uh, we, we did a great job of showing down the run game. But, you know, traditionally uh, the, the past couple of years, our, our run defense has been pretty poor. Um you factor in that, you know, hopefully Deneen's all the way back at linebacker, but, you know, there's still going to be an experience there. Um, we don't know what we have in the secondary. And, you know, because of that, I, I imagine that opponents are really good at game plan and scheme to, you know, uh, Armstrong will probably be just massively double teamed. You'll probably see a lot of runs, a lot of quick passes. And, you know, really over the past several years, uh, the bubble screen, just defending quick throws has, you know, it, it's, it's been a major problem for our defense. I mean, we've had, you know, corners that were 12 yards off the ball and just guys, you know, catching in and getting first down after first down. Some even would make a move and break them for touchdowns. And I think you're going to see that kind of pick back up this year where a lot of quick passes, um, you know, there's a lot of playmakers in the big 12 and at running back and wide receiver. And I think rather than risk letting, you know, giving someone like Armstrong, you know, seven, eight seconds to, to find the quarterback, I think you're going to see offensive coordinators do the smart thing and a lot of runs, a lot of draws, um, screens, quick passes, um, kind of neutralize him and, and really take advantage of our weakness, which is the secondary and the linebacker position. So, I'll, yeah, so. Rich? Yeah, what's that, like two and a half a game? Right. 
something like that. I can't even believe that they got that many last year, to be honest with you. Yeah. Uh, I I am going to buy it uh, just because I want to disagree with Grant. I think we've agreed on all the other ones, so I want to I want to disagree. So <laughs> I'm going to buy it. I think we'll we'll hit like the mid 30s. Uh, you know, I mean. Someone on the other side of Armstrong, I think. It sounds like they've got a couple of guys who have been pretty good. Um, so maybe one of those guys will develop to the point where even if they do double-team Armstrong, you know, that'll free up some other guys. And, um, you know, maybe the, you know, it's not like the secondary was very good last year. I know they lost people, but, I mean, Fish and, and Mike Lee were good. But other than that, it's not like they were, you know, it's not like they're losing, uh, like, prime Deion Sanders or anything. So... I don't think that's going to have as much of an impact, maybe, hopefully. I don't know. So I'm buying. Why not? All right. Anyone have any thoughts uh, about any or any additional thoughts they wanted to share about any of these uh, buy or sell? All right. So we're going to go ahead and take another quick break, um, and we will, we're will we going to let the, the majority of these guys go. We'll be back, and uh, we'll, we'll find out exactly who we're speaking with when we get back here. And thank you for joining us for this special segment of the Rock Chalk Talk podcast. Coming tomorrow, or maybe later today, will be part two of our season finale. Uh, So make sure that you don't miss that. Thanks again for listening. Sports Social Podcast Network.